0: We say things
1: that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hi hey everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 17. My name is Suns Fan, joined by Cinder, and this episode is sponsored by our friends at Fractal Design. Cinder, this is a very special episode. Uh, we talked about this before, it's going to be like a TI9 edition, and... There's a reason yep. that we're doing this earlier than usual, Syndrome. Would you like to say why?
0: Yeah, because I'm out of here. Oh. I'm, Shocker. I'm f- I'm flying to Shanghai tomorrow. So we can't really do it on Tuesday like we usually do. And then I'm going to be busy there. So we will have a scheduled two-week break, I think, with the
1: podcast. That's right. While I am gone. You so technically remember at the beginning, guys, when we said that this episode or this podcast would never be delayed, and we were just waiting for the first person to fuck up. It was almost me a couple times, but I think because you got invited to TI, Cinderin, it is your fault that we're sorry not staying weekly. So congratulations to you. Friend. My apologies. Um, your streak is still alive. Uh, you've been to every single TI in some capacity, correct? Yes. Yes. Congratulations, friend. Thank uh, you. Before we get started with the actual episode, <laughs> let's read a couple reviews. Would you like to take uh there's a short one and a long one. I'm sure you'll take the short one. Okay. Yep,
0: sure. <laughs> okay. This is from Zhao uh from Great Britain, who says this show is so pog. <laughs> Amazing show with two of the most charismatic people in the scene, amazed by Sun's fan's ability to inhale popcorn with liquid butter and Sindarin's ability to put up with all fan shenanigans. Five out of seven.
1: Excellent. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank
0: friend. you for the five stars. Oh god, this
1: next one is really <coughs> Yeah. Okay, so this is from right. David is my name. Uh, from the US. Where to begin? How does one even begin to review a podcast of such blissful majesty? Should I start with Sun's fan's sultry voice or maybe Sindarin's eloquent demeanor? No. The characteristics Bleh. The characteristics of these two men are beyond the words of even the most skillful poet. Perhaps instead I will just describe how the podcast will make you feel. At first you'll be confused because Earth's gravity will seem a bit less pronounced. This weightless feeling has even enabled me to finally dunk a basketball with my freaking feet, man. These guys are insane. Halfway through the episode your ear pleasure will be nearly unbearable. (laughs) You will remove your earbuds only to have the delicious echoes of a long Suns fan rant bouncing back and forth in your head until you fully accept the ecstasy of the moment this is getting very sexual it feels like after you replace your earbuds and finish the podcast you will realize only one hour had passed yet you will feel as if you have traveled through eons on the back of a winged steed through the halls of valhalla so all in all i'd recommend (laughs) thank you friend Very thorough okay. review, I have to say. He should
0: have given one star then. That would have been amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, don't don't promote that that attitude. No, uh, five stars. Sorry. No, no, no. Thank you. Okay, so what we're going to do in this official TI9 episode of We Say Things, uh, we're going to talk about stuff that happened this last week like usual, and then we're going to do TI9 predictions, which will probably take a bit of time. Uh, for video watchers and audio, watch- or audio listeners, that part, it'll be fine. You'll get over it. Essentially I will be showing my in-game prediction stuff for the video people out there. It's not a mm-hmm. not a huge deal, I don't think.
0: You don't really hey, Even if anything. you don't watch the video, you can probably still, you know, keep track of
1: it. Yeah, as long as you can regardless. understand what we're saying, then you should be fine. Yeah. If not, then what the fuck are you doing listening to this podcast? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so matchmaking update came yes. out this last week, Sindarin. And I know that you are very opinionated in general. Mm-hmm. What do you think about these changes? So they removed the concept of solo and party MMR just completely gone. And now instead, yeah. it's two separate MMRs for hard and soft support, and then the other one is for offlane, midlane, lane. So they essentially took that feature from Dota Plus, the queuing, right? The ranked roles. Ranked roles, yeah. And have just put it into the game, but now it's two separate MMRs. What do you think?
0: Uh, Okay. So first of all, I think the idea behind this is really good. And I think over time, this kind of system is what Dota needs to be more social and be more um, engaging and more accurate in some ways. Um, the problem that MMR had in the past was, you know, it is it is a reflection of your skill, but at the same time, it's a reflection of your skill in a different type of game. Um, so what I mean by that is... I think we've talked about this maybe on the podcast before, but Public Dota and Competitive Dota are two different games. Um, uh, competitive Dota has way more structure in it. There's way more like strategic depth. There's way more team movements, way more communication. Whereas uh, public games are generally a lot more about uh, pressing buttons correctly, picking strong heroes for the individual games so that you can carry as hard as possible. Uh, And of course, what that ends up doing is that the majority of the people that are very high on the leaderboards are core players because they can pick the heroes that have the highest individual impact in the game. Now that the MMR is split into two categories and you can party queue, uh, if you are a skilled support player and you're playing with a group of people that are really good, you can be at the top of the leaderboard as a support uh, because, you know, you can be super skilled at the team game. And playing as a support is a really integral part of successful teams if you look at the international scene. So that stuff is really good. Now, the downside to this right now is that this switch comes with a couple of problems uh, in my bracket. like For the majority of people, I don't think you will notice massive changes. Uh, and I just think overall it will be good like that you can play with your friends and party. And you know, feel like you can play as a party and get better MMR. And that's great. Yeah. Um, The problem that I have right now is this gets a little bit technical now, but uh, basically a lot of the it's almost like an equation that you're solving right now, because when you go into queuing, you need to weigh how good your team is against how much MMR you can gain. For example, let's say you take a stack of five super good players and you put them together and they don't have much experience playing together and now they queue. Almost no matter who they will meet will be way below the MMR because the algorithm can't match them because there's no other team of that caliber queuing. So when they do find a match, they will win 10 MMR if they win, and they will lose 50 if they lose. So they need to win five out of six games to break even. Um, this kind of system is, you know, kind of problematic. And then what a lot of teams are doing right now is they're actually either having one or two of their players in the party deliberately be lower MMR so that they can get rewarded more for winning, Mm -hmm. uh, or they're playing on a smurf, right? Which is, I think, not the intention of the system. The system wants you to play on your main account and wants you to get as high as possible in rank and then meet matching opponents. But in this bracket, there just aren't matching teams if you put five top 100 players together they will probably meet a stack that has two top 100 players a rank 500 a rank 1k and a rank 700 or something and those five players are queuing together and if they're a team that just has low mmr supports in relation to what i talked about before with you know how it, for a lot of players it's harder to have high high mmr in the old system if you're a support well that team will now get 50 mmr and they are definitely not heavily unfavored to that extent right um so this this is just like this is my experience, which is what you asked for. Um, for the majority, like conceptually, I think it's super good, and I think the problems that we have now will hopefully get ironed out over time, and we will find solutions. The obvious solution right now, obviously, for the very high MMR players, is to uh, give more tolerance. With so, for example, a team with an average MMR of seven thousand five hundred does not is not considered a five to one underdog
1: against a team with eight thousand average MMR for example.
0: So the game is more evenly matched in that sense. Um, I mean, the thing to note, of
1: course, is that this is experimental, right? So they might not even keep it, it but I think they will, because I think overall people like the idea, like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But in practice, like, from my level, the casual level, if you will, the smurfing is a real issue that I don't even know how you fix that, actually. Like, what, can you punish people for smurfing? Is that something that we're because I don't think that's even a thing right now, right? Yeah, because for example, what we cases. could
0: do, right? I could make a Smurf, and I could just boost your MMR. We could just queue together. Let's do it, and
1: I po- make a series you get on the same
0: that. MMR as I do for winning. And that is definitely a problem, and that's mm-hmm. probably one of the trickiest things about this that needs to be addressed and solved somehow. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do about it. If they have like some clever detection, so that, for example, if I queue with you, and it's very clear that I'm massively overperforming the MMR I'm played placed in, that we just get placed in better games together when mm-hmm. we queue. Uh, So that it like inflates my MMR because it can tell that it's not where it's supposed to be or something like that, some detection system. Um, But yeah, that's definitely one concern, right? Because what people were doing in the past is like, there's all this thing about, oh, you're boosting your account by having someone else play on it. But now you can boost your account by playing with someone who's just way better than you (laughs) um, to get your MMR inflated. And that is a bit problematic
1: overall. Um, Yeah.
0: Now, so, yeah, we'll, the, we'll idea, the,
1: the idea of separating MMR between hard, well, let's just say supports versus core is amazing, and it's yeah. actually made me think a little bit more that maybe I'm not so unique after all, Sindarin, to where I'm very comfortable playing like core role, maybe not mid as much, but like the offlane and the mm-hmm. carry, but when it comes to support, I am legitimately probably like 1.5k MMR, like I never Ever play support unless i'm 100% you're much better to. at
0: you're much better than 1.5k
1: um really
0: maybe yes on because support? a huge part of your mmr is your game understanding and that transitions through roles you're not as good on support as core i will from first-hand experience i will agree <laughs> uh but um a really big part of the difference between being ranked 1.5k and being ranked 4k, for example, is your understanding of how to play the map, how to move when heroes are missing, what it means that you get runes, uh, how to take towers, how to control Roshan, how to play around wards. It's one thing to buy wards and place them, but it's also about like using vision correctly. Mm. And all of these skills you passively learn over thousands of hours, and they don't just disappear because you're playing another hero. So... I would definitely say that your support MMR is probably like 500 to 1,000 maybe lower than your core, but that's it. And Mm -hmm. you could probably close the gap pretty quickly if you wanted to. But I don't because uh, I hate playing support software. And that's fine. There's plenty of people. I know there's so many people like you that... Here's Almost the question. Almost only play one role, and that's right. fine. Like, if you had preference.
1: to guess, because Valve has all the stats on this, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to guess the percentage of people that are like me that have a huge, let's just call it, even though you're saying it's only 500 1,000, it's still pretty big, a huge discrepancy mm-hmm. between playing support and core versus people that are more balanced, like whatever their MMR actually is. It doesn't matter if it's high mm-hmm. or low. It's relatively the same regardless of role. What percentage of people are like me where it's very, like a very big discrepancy overall? Over or under 50%? Probably over. Really? Okay. I, I was not going to hesitate. I was actually going to say maybe 70, 75% of people are like that. Pretty high.
0: Yeah. It's a bit hard to say, right? Because not you know, on your
1: level, obviously, right? But that's Yeah. Because I, I
0: don't really have the experience with it, right? Like the vast majority of the player base are people I never play with. So I. True. What I can say is when I've played with my real-life friends who are anywhere between, I think, 2K and 5K MMR or whatever, is that they don't mind playing different stuff. And obviously, the people I maybe have played with the most are people I used to play with in Dota 1. So they've played loads of Dota. And that means they you know can play a lot of different heroes because they've played them before. Um, yeah. And it's not I like... Th- I mean, everybody has a preference, right? It's the same for me. If I could tell you, in the old system, right? When I peaked in MMR before we had this implemented, I was like 8.4K. And I think my mid, strictly my mid-laning was like 7k, like seriously. Because mm. I was consistently getting beaten in lane by much lower-ranked players because my biggest weakness in the game is lane mechanics, especially in that mid lane. Um, and that would be exploited. So if I played against a strong laner, he would beat me handily. And the way I would compensate was I would beat them later in the game on knowledge and on movement and on you know, just being overall better at the game but being worse at the laning part, and obviously the lane where that hits you the hardest is in mid. So my win rate in mid lane was bad, and my win rate on position four or position three was much higher. Yeah,
1: um, I would actually. I don't that. actually like have my, stats for that, but it's just anecdotal, like from how I felt in the games. I felt I bad have always a lot been time, really so. like this goes back literal a decade at this point. I've always been bad in the laning stage versus once I get some items mid mm-hmm. to late game, then I'm much better. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I can relate to that. So. Uh, so yeah, that's yep. the matchmaking update. Uh, overall, I really like the idea. Like I think we both agree, and mm-hmm. looking forward to some tweaks in the future. Do you think that this is a huge hit? Not that this matters that much, but it's just out of curiosity from a business standpoint. To Dota Plus, this was like a very—I would say this might be the best feature of Dota Plus was ranked roles.
0: Um, I have this feeling that if this is a huge hit and they're gonna, then they're going to keep it. I mean, th- there's two ways of looking at it, right? One is the, now everybody gets to try it and everybody falls in love with it and then they make it Dota Plus again, exclusive. <laughs> so now people want Dota Plus. That's one way. Genius. Uh, the, the other one is if people fall in love with it, I think there's going to be some sort of replacement system on Dota Plus. There's going to be something else that's uh, incentivized or perhaps since they haven't really updated Dota Plus that much, maybe they scrap that idea altogether and they're just like, this was a failed experiment that didn't go the way we wanted it to. We're going to do something completely different. Hmm. Uh, I personally... Haven't used ranked rolls, right? In Dota Plus. I played like two games or something uh, because the games, again, at the very high bracket and ranked rolls were terrible because not enough people were queuing in it. Yeah. And I've kept Dota Plus the whole time because I enjoy the level up system. I enjoy the gems. I enjoy the, or whatever they're called, relics. Uh, and I enjoy the, the voice lines. I think that's fun. And it's a fun progression system that I get it for. But people obviously have different reasons to get it. Um, I believe you also have free Battle Cup if you have Dota Plus. That's another incentive that's going to stay as far as we know. So, yeah, I don't know. That's hard to say. Uh, but what I will say about this stuff is that from my experience with this new MMR system, I have been playing a lot more party queue and it's a lot more social. Like you get to talk to more people, you get to play with more people. It feels more like connected and less of this like random you jump into a game and get matched with whatever and then Some of them you never talk to again, or that's uh, some you dislike uh, or whatever. That's something we didn't really
1: mention. The entire reason for them doing this is because essentially their blog post stated that something we all know: Dota is super toxic, (laughs) and people (laughs) just aren't having fun playing a lot of times because it's so feel very solitary having to play ranked solo. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the reason I literally never play ranked solo ever since it ever, like back way back when it came out. I have not played, have not calibrated in li- like literal years at this point because mm-hmm. I just like playing unranked with party. Now I feel more incentive. Okay, like I mean, I don't know if this is enough incentive for me because people take it more seriously and people get more angry and I don't really care about my MMR personally, yeah. but this is a great yeah, step. I, mean, it's I about, really like it. It's about finding like-minded people, right? There are some people that play a ranking
0: system for fun and just find the progression fun and don't really care so much. And there are people that are like really hardcore about it and really want to win and get, you know, get that satisfaction of I reached a new milestone or whatever. And you know, you you play with people that think like you, and then it's good. Like, there's no there's no obvious downside to this compared to the old system. I think I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to be like, man, Dota is such a good solo game. It really sucks that you can play it in a party now. I don't think. Like, if anything, the argument in that line could be that, again, the boosting thing we talked about and how accurate the number represents your skill. Uh, But at the same time, we just have to wait and see how Valve combat that and how time is going to balance things out. Because I can tell you from my personal experience, okay, I've played through this system for, I think, three days now. I've lost 500 MMR in three days. Um, Very good. From, you know, just playing with, like, playing with different parties that have some high high high-rank players and then we get matched against literal CIS teams that are five-man queuing <laughs> and they have two rank supports uh, and they beat us and they take yeah. 40 MMR from us. And that happens over and over and over again. But the game quality is way higher because you know we're playing actual Dota to an extent compared to before. So that's great. And then it's just a matter of, well, these players are obviously winning a lot, so now their MMR is going to skyrocket while mm-hmm. ours falls and then you give it a span of three to six months and maybe everything is great but obviously in the start the it's going to explode right yeah and but these, like, 500 ranked players are gaining 100 ranks a
1: day you know but they're not so gonna be able to sustain that once exactly it's tweaked right because that's that's definitely abusing the system i feel like
0: i mean eventually right if you're a rank 500 player that's queuing with high-ranked players and you're winning every game and you're getting 25 mark per game it doesn't take very long before suddenly now you're 8k and, well, now you're on the other end of the spectrum where you start getting 10 MMR per win and losing 50 per loss. And, right. you know, it feels like a self-regulating system over time, and we just need to see... You know, you can't really jump on it after three days and be like, I lost 500 MMR, I hate this shit. Because, you know, if you want to win every game, you've got to play with, like, a super serious team because the other teams are, you know, trying hard to get high MMRs. The CIS players are, they're, like, bursting and mmr it's going super fast for some of them it's kind of fun to see do you think this will help somebody S- uh
1: like do you think this hurts or helps most people in terms of being found out via because we talked about this before like good the, question the players that just want to—they're—they—they they don't know anybody in the scene they need to be noticed mm-hmm. by somebody and high mmr really matters does this dilute it yeah. because people are abusing it or or what
0: That's the thing, right? Like The people that get into these parties and are gaining all this MMR right now are established pro players that have experience in playing five-man Dota. So when they get matched against whatever, pub stars you want to call them or something, they will beat them on experience. Um, So I personally think in terms of getting discovered, this should make it actually harder because you don't have this like solo metric. I don't think realistically... Uh, with the way the system works right now, that you can be an upcoming player, be ranked 200, and solo queue your way to top 10, I think that's gonna be really hard if it goes the way it does right now. So, for their sake, it might be it might actually be tough to get discovered. That's a legitimate concern about it, right? Is how do you how do you get into that inner circle in the very high MMR? And I don't
1: know, I don't
0: have a good solution for that right now.
1: So, All right, well, yeah very interesting update looking forward to seeing the long Mm -hmm. long long-term effects of course Uh, and then a couple days later they came out with the summer scrub update which everybody was anticipating uh the biggest i mean first of all there's a giant ass list of fixes which we won't go over uh customizable hero grid which people have been wanting for years and god has it ruined reddit holy shit literally every post (laughs) on goddamn reddit is a new grid like wow! Congratulations! Yeah. You can draw pictures with heroes. Very interesting. I'm sure that'll die I, off in oh, a couple of days. No,
0: it's it's like meta, right? There's a new way of making memes, and everybody loves memes. So then it's True. memes about making the memes. They're, I won't fade. lie. Some of
1: some of them are pretty funny, but it's a little it'll fade for a week. Uh, one week or two weeks, it's gone. Uh, two I weeks, think. Jesus. Um, uh, we'll see. Overall performance increase. Uh, I think Pimp monkle posted some of the stats. If you want to check out his Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the
0: huge so, winners were the low performers.
1: Yeah. They got that was a like lot, a and huge FPS high stuff. performers got like
0: nothing, more or less. If you had very low performance, you got like a f- up to a 40% boost, I think, or something, which if is If you're playing really on your good. phone, it's like you're still if you had one FPS before, anymore. now you have 1.4 FPS, which is very nice. That's 100%. Uh, great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So a lot of performance stuff, uh, and then. Even though a lot of people did not uh, really care about this one, the there was a long list of things that were added for custom games. I I read it and I still don't know what they mean. I just sent it to one of my friends that is a custom game designer and he was like, holy shit, this is amazing. We've been waiting for this stuff for years. I still don't know what it is, but good to see oh, some love good for if custom they games. like it. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, is there anything else um, on that list that you find... Interesting to talk about, or
0: well, what were the main things? Uh, I actually didn't think too much ahead of this. They they made some implementations and just like accessibility, almost in the game, like s- things are easier to understand or easier to see. Yeah, uh, more convenient to click. Quality of stuff life, stuff like courier usage. It's really a lot of quality of life stuff, and it's great. Uh, some of the stuff uh, works very well. Some works not so well, and some things in the game are just a bit weird and. I think the biggest problem right now that I've heard of, that fortunately I'm not in the receiving end of, I've heard a lot of people are experiencing crashes, which sucks. Uh, yeah, some people the say I they crash like you. five times per day, and I have not crashed a single time. Do but. you
1: do you think that it was a mistake? I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say it's a mistake because obviously this was not planned to come out this late, mm-hmm. but this close to Ti, do you think this is that's a bit scary to have it? Like, of course, this is not a balance change, but this is a shit ton of quote-unquote fixes that if you guys know anything about programming, you're going to yeah. break stuff, right? So you still need yep. some time to to iron it out. Is that it's you think true. it's going to affect the gameplay at all? Uh, like the oh. stability of the games at TI?
0: Well, they made sure to do it at least one week before groups, right? So mm-hmm. there's testing time. If something is serious, it's going to get hot fixed, you have to assume, like if something is crashing games. or, But that's the problem, right? It's that these people that are reporting crashes... If that starts happening at the TI main event or groups that the games just crash and they have to pause in the middle of fights, that is really bad. That's my biggest concern. Like all of this graphical stuff or the text under the clock is aligned a little bit to the right and (laughs) the slash in your health and monitor. I mean, it triggers me. I look at him like this looks stupid, but it's not making me play worse in the game. Right. Uh, but for TI, so the stuff that really, the stuff that really hurts, yeah, that's the 500 MMR. That was the slash, <laughs> <laughs> moved one slot to the right. Um, it was the kerning? No, uh, the the problem, the problem is if it affects competitive performance. Like, if right. imagine you're playing the main event and you're sitting on a computer that has more of a tendency to crash than the others. I mean, sure they can replace the PC, but they probably don't do it after the first crash because it could happen to anyone, and it's happened at previous TIs. No random shit can happen. You crash one fight, too bad. You crash another one, it's real bad. Yeah. Um, so we just have to hope that it's ironed out and that they're working hard to to solve that. So perhaps it's mainly affecting lower-end PCs, in which case that
1: will definitely not be a problem at TI. They have super good rigs. So Indeed. We'll have to wait and see on that. All right. Yeah. So... The last piece of, well, I guess there's a couple of things, but one big news that came out uh, today, or is it yesterday? Dendi officially leaves Na'Vi. Uh, I didn't even know he was still a part of Na'Vi. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I thought he, hadn't he joined other teams before? I'm so confused by this.
0: He was on loan... Two Tigers, I so
1: think. he Okay. Something like this. He was
0: still signed by Na'Vi, but they loaned him to play in that team in SEA. I
1: right, gotcha. Yeah. So this is an end of an era officially, even though it feels like it's super drawn out, not going to lie. Uh, the most iconic player of all time in Dota, not even remotely close. Uh, obviously had very much success in the earlier stages of TI's, but ever since TI, after TI3, I want to say, dropped off quite a bit and has just never really found the same success, which is, you know, quite sad, considering I feel like this is very important
0: for Dota. Dendi's curve is actually very, how to say, it's just, it's very, it's like a straight line almost. So TI1, he got first place. TI2 and 3, he got second. And then TI4, he got seventh, eighth. Then he got 13th, 16th, 13th, 16th. And then he failed to qualify three times in a row. Yeah. He didn't play TI7, TI8, and now TI9, um, which isn't... The thing about this is that a lot of people are... You know, that's very na- normal, and it happens in sports and whatnot. Like, if you have a bad season or two bad seasons, people start jumping on this, oh, washed up, you know, your your time is over, it can't happen anymore. Um, but Dota is the kind of game where a lot it's down to experience, a lot of it is down to motivation, and a bit about luck, right? Like, if you find a team where the chemistry is just there... Uh, a great example of a player that most people have probably written off was fucking Mad or Seb, right, who suddenly out of nowhere ends up winning fucking TI8 and his last relevant result was TI3 or something, like that was the last, or 2014 was maybe his last LAN or something before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if everything, if like, if you're motivated, if things hit the right the right way and it just clicks, it can happen. And Dendi is the kind of player that I don't think, you know, I, a lot of people in the community think this guy is just, you know, dead and will never come back. I could totally see Dendi coming back to high-level Dota, but it's about, it's a lot about, um, how to say, the interpretation of the pro scene in general of him as a player, because if people aren't willing to give him a chance,
1: then you will never see uh, if, you know, if he can, now, if there he can is, get back to where okay, he was. Not just to so. play devil's advocate, I do agree with you in general, mm-hmm. but to play devil's advocate, there mm-hmm. is a skill discrepancy overall, like early on he was one of the most mechanically skilled players but Mm everybody feels like the ceiling has gotten even higher for most players people have caught up and he hasn't really i don't think he's really improved he's probably at the same level or thereabouts but a lot of that does come down to good chemistry as well being able to actually use that that skill he
0: used to be ahead of the curve and then he was even with the curve and then he fell behind it i think it's fair to say that he is not uh, at the level of some of the absolute top players in his role right now. Uh, but, you know, like I said, there's fluctuation, right? Some of them are, have their ups and downs too. Um, and it's it's really about... Like, honestly, I f- I feel like it's about can he find that, like, the spark, right? Because you would imagine after you've had this downfall, you went from being absolutely amazing, you have a huge name, it puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, it's about being in the right state state of mind and really being able to, okay... I'm going to try so hard to prove everyone wrong and put in countless hours. And kind of what Seb did was he was coaching OG, right? So he had a lot of like, first-hand experience with analyzing games, being with the team, talking about how to play Dota. So he learned a lot from them, and they learned some from him. At the same time, he was playing tons of pubs. Like He was, he was training himself to be as good as possible at the game so that he could be the best coach possible. Because he felt like, if I understand the game better, in essence... I can give better advice on how we draft, on how we should play the map, all these kind of things. So he was trying really hard aside that, and then he just suddenly got the opportunity to play, which he jumped on, right? Uh, but Seb had a serious dedication to the game that I just, without knowing for sure, I don't know if Dendi has had that for a while now. It doesn't feel like you see this this guy like trying really, really hard all the time to you know polish his game and be the best he can be and. Maybe make connections, look for teammates, uh, find ways into top Dota. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because I don't know him that well. But, you know, it's whatever way you want to look at it. If you think he's dead or not, that's everyone is entitled to their opinion. But you can't deny that this guy is a huge name for the game. And it's really good for Dota if Dendi does well in some agree. capacity. So, so it would be something cool we should
1: mention, well. uh, he "Quote unquote," appealed to the management of the club with a request for early termination of his contract. So I am, re- I know nothing about this. This is one hundred percent speculation. Do you think I would be shocked if he does still does not have ownership in NAVI? He has to, right? Even after leaving, like he was. There's no way. Like if he if he walks away right now, even after terminating his contract. And he does not have ownership, that is a travesty that is really bad. and I'm not I sure what the case is.
0: I don't know how Navi handles their uh, org player relations in that aspect. a lot of other like a lot of the you know orgs like OG are player owned, right uh, I don't know how these orgs do um, what's it called where's the word when you own part of a company equity? Yes, there it is. Uh, how they handle their equity—if he is given equity after X amount of years of service to the org or whatever—we have to remember, Navi is a multi-game org. Uh, Dota is definitely one of their titles, but you know, like I, I don't know how big of a part of the org he would be entitled to. He's played for them for many years, but um, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I don't know, like maybe maybe well, he does own a bit. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's a high percentage if that's what you. mean. No, I'm not.
1: I don't think No, so. I mean like five percent, maybe that would still be a I lot. I don't even think honestly. that much. Yeah, I mean, I whatever the think case would be that much. I would be surprised if it's not actually. I think, based on like during the beginning stages, TI1, TI2, I would not be surprised if he had no equity mm-hmm. at all. Once he became the poster child of Dota and the poster child of Na'Vi, regardless of their other teams, yeah, you get equity. So if he doesn't have equity, he got screwed hardcore. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I we don't know. So, yeah, speculation. So it, just an interesting thing to think about, especially with. Uh, the growth of a lot of these organizations um and it's forward. another thing about it is if he asked for early termination
0: generally when you do that you have another plan right yeah, it's like true. i would like to terminate my contract because i am going to do this thing play with another team or take on a different role in the game where i have totally different plans but and this could just be you know a pr move there's a page right now called dendy.pro and it says, thanks a lot for visiting my page. Eight years in Na'vi. What's next? Your thoughts, wishes, or suggestions? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, I, I don't, you know, this could just be a way of generating hype and he already knows exactly what he's doing or it could be a way of feeling out the community, like what they think his role in the game is. You know, like either way, it's it's kind of an
1: interesting move. Dude, right? you know what the best move would be? God, I don't want this to happen, but it would be so fucking funny if he went to League of Legends. <laughs> How big of a troll would that be, dude? You know,
0: I used to play League with Dendy back in oh, 2000, really? and I think 2011 <laughs> or 2012, we were both very high ra- rated in League, so we would queue into each other. We played a little bit back then in some pub games together, I think. He was good. We were yeah. both really good at the game, <laughs> but- I mean, I don't, know. I
1: don't think he has played it for years. I'm not sure. But I I remember a uh, famous player Chu. He was the quote unquote best player in Han for in a Han, while, right. yeah. and then yeah. for whatever reason, he switched to League and then climbed the charts and became number one for a while there as well. And then ever since then, he could never get back to his former glory. He came back to Han and just never, never reclaimed mm. it. So. Uh, yeah, doubt that's going to happen. Dendi feels like it's a Dota lifer. He's a Dota lifer, but that would certainly be comical. Maybe Dota on the Lords. Yeah, that definitely the skill <laughs> does not... The mechanical skill will be wasted horribly, let me tell you. Uh, you can flood the board, I guess. There's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> all right, before we get on to TI9 official stuff, um, I don't I don't know if you saw any of these. We're going to be coming out with a video on the channel, which the reason it's delays is because Slacks is an idiot. Um, We did an SFM review You know They have an SFM contest every Mm year Uh, The site was like broken The day of Like right when the the time came to actually watch it So we had to do a pretty ghetto style of watching it There Mm -hmm. were only like 30 something videos And I don't know if that's actually the case Like before there were actual hundreds And it would be miserable Mm -hmm. Like 6 to 7 hour experience Watching some horrific movies Some of which were great of course This time around there were a lot less, and as a result, there were a lot more high-quality ones. Um, did you yeah. see any of these that I have listed before I talk about that?
0: Uh I've not seen the ones you've listed. I feel like I've seen one video this year so far. Only okay. one SFM movie.
1: So my personal rating, and of course, you guys can watch the whole spiel on Dota Cinema once it's actually put up. It's a couple-hour-long video. Number three, I have retro Dota commercial. It's a it was super well done. It's like a very cheesy but on purpose obviously type of deal. Um, Where it's talking about how you know free to play and it's very has some karate in there. You guys should definitely check that out. It's super unique, Um, super high quality though for what it was going for. And the fact that it's not S F M makes it even better. Like Slack and I always talk about when you do live action, it's so much harder. To make something that's good because it's almost always just cringy and bad if it's cringy and good that's a, something you're going for specifically mm-hmm. right so that was a really good one. <clears throat> then second place we had the multi dimension I forget the actual name of it it has a lot of game references uh, which you guys definitely have to check that out it is super well and that's another one that has almost no SFM in it so again a lot of non SFM uh, submissions were super high quality and then the best one, which I you probably saw. I think, is the Roshan Lore video, which was actually SFM, might be the highest quality SFM I've ever seen. It's like epicenter quality. Ridiculous. Like you could make that the intro to, like Valve could use that officially, you know? Mm-hmm. It was I don't
0: think that's the one I saw.
1: Absurd. Did you see uh, the Vengeful Spirit seen, one? I've seen
0: one with the Venge swapping yeah, thing. that was good. Um, And maybe a second one, but that's the only one that comes to mind. So yeah, so, you need yeah.
1: to check out the Roshan one, especially it it gives you goosebumps. It's super epic, really fucking. I mean, I'll
0: well be, I'm sure they'll be shown at TI, right? The top ten or whatever, like they usually. We would have yep. to assume that, right? That's true. So yeah, these I'll will probably catch be up there. to them then. By the way, all yeah. right. There's if it's that good, there's
1: no way it's not top ten. That would be hilarious if it's not, and we're just. <laughs> really bad. Anyway, uh TI nine talent was announced. We don't really need to discuss this too much. uh More people than I thought would be invited, honestly, because it's in China. I wasn't. A lot of people weren't sure. They invited yep. pretty much everybody. I think the big omission, in my opinion, is Moxie. I was really surprised she wasn't added. Um, but yeah, pretty much everybody else was invited for the most part. And no true surprises other than that for <clears> me. <throat> were you surprised that there were so Something, many people invited? Or
0: Yeah, I thought actually because TI is in China. I mean, the, we still have full English production, right? But there was some speculation that maybe there would be slightly less English talent invited and slightly more Chinese. It, I don't think people would be super mad at that. Like, you know, it, it would kind of make sense. But uh, it looks like they're doing, they're taking the the English production as, obviously it's a high priority. It goes without saying, but they're keeping it to the same level as usual in terms of like numbers, at least. Uh, as far as people being or not being invited, this is a thing every year. People are like, wow, this person should have definitely been there or what the fuck is this person doing there? It's there every year. Uh, the community has like their opinions and obviously their opinions differ a lot. Uh, people that I've heard a lot of people were hoping would be there that aren't are like Moxie and Black, uh, for example, and Lizard, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are like, how the hell is Gunner and Febby there? Like, why are they there? Uh, they've barely done camera before. I think Febby has not been on any camera, really. And Gunner has been on one panel at one LAN or something. I love Febby. Uh, but-
1: Febby feels like a Bulldog replacement since Bulldog can't go, right? <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs> Who knows? A similar um, personality.
0: But what I what people should always remember, and this this whenever this discussion comes up, there's a couple of things to remember. It's totally fine to have your opinions about who is who should be there and who shouldn't. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but you always have to remember that there's a production in mind, right? You could imagine your favorite all of your favorite people were play-by-play casters, and you wanted to do an event, and you just invited six play-by-play casters, and you're like, hell yeah, all my favorites are there, but your production isn't good because there's pieces missing or there's over-representation of one part and under-representation of another and for example it can also be like what's the vibe of the event going to be is the vibe going to be super hardcore serious so action slacks probably isn't your guy then if you like want it to be really strict and there can't be any like edge or humor or quirky comments or something like imagine ESPN sports league
1: production. content
0: yes exactly <laughs> if you want the espn like super serious route not the guy to go for. But if you like if you like try to combine the worlds, he's really good because he understands Dota on a pretty high level, but he's also a funny guy who is really creative and good at making content. So when you make these kind of when you put together panels, for example, it's really important to have a dynamic that makes it interesting to watch. Something Valve did at a previous year that I don't think they will ever do again or that it doesn't seem like they will do this year. They had a the panel that's very famous, I think it was TI seven, where they had a host and three pro players on like every that. panel that did not have camera experience. And it was very dry because all the pros wanted to talk about picks, Dota, and more Dota. And there wasn't like that, you know, that personality or that like contrast or the flair or the, you know, funny discussions conflict on the panel. They were all just like, this hero is good. This is why, you know, it gets very bland. Uh, so yeah, you that tried was to make this the production. worst
1: panel of any tournament, any esport I've ever seen. It was that horrific. is why I felt like, so you know, bad, by the way, for day nine. I think day nine he got dealt a hard is, hand is a really year. good personality. I think he would actually be really good in that role if they just didn't give him people that don't work well together. That was pretty sad. It see. was, it was a hard panel to make work, uh, for sure. In that,
0: and that doesn't mean that any of the three are bad, it's just like the dynamic isn't good. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, for example, the a really great example for me to pull up in this kind of discussion is when people talk about panel. This has been like a controversial personality in the past. A lot of people have been like, "What the? Why the fuck do they get Perian Flex every year? The guy isn't even that good at Dota. He's like three K MMR. He's fucking forty thousand years old. You know, like how does he represent our community? But Ted is super good to have on panels because. First of all, there's the demographic part. You can't deny it. He's a slightly older guy. He adds a different kind of flair to the panel because he has, you know, different perspectives on things, a different way of presenting himself, a different way of talking about things, a different kind of humor. And he creates really nice, lively moments on panels. It's about moments, right? It's about people having fun. Uh, And he's a great kind of guy to have on there. He's a good guy for bridging the gap between young and older viewers because, you know, they can like kind of relate. So he's a super good person, in my opinion, to have on panels. I always like hanging out and having Ted there at TI. I think he's a great character to have there. And then on the other hand, you have people who are like, wow, this guy is super knowledgeable about Dota. They should have him all the time on this panel or whatnot. But then, well, if you don't have a good personality to be on the panel or you're like very dry, don't play with people that well, it doesn't really make that good of an entertainment product in the end. Okay, so this was a long talk. But what it boils down to is when people are not there, TED talk. we don't know why. We don't know why, for example, Moxie is not there. She's a good caster. She's a good play-by-play caster. Perhaps they felt like we want X number of play-by-play casters and she just didn't make the cut. Or they have a specific plan in mind for the type of casting that they're looking for for this year. And maybe that's not her forte or whatever it is. And then, of course, it can even be something like that's, that's a real thing, right? It can be something about like do the people that do the hiring, do they like her? That's... A well, thing, right? TI 9 is committee.
1: well, sure. I don't, I doubt that's an issue. Right? But the TI 9 issue for a lot of talent is kind of, it, it, what's the best way to put this? It's magnified to quite a degree when you're a play by play and that's all you do. That's probably the hardest role to get at TI because if you're an analyst, you can do co casting, you can do panel. If you're a funny mm-hmm. idiot guy, you can technically do play by play, but usually it's just panel uh, or and just content, content pieces in between. Yep. But play by play, just by, That alone is very, very difficult. You are competing against some
0: big names. And there's only so many slots to fill, right? Ideally, it would be great if everybody who contributed to Dota could go uh, every year to TI. But then at the same time, there wouldn't be enough content for everybody. Because there are so many people that do Dota and put their time into it and put effort into it, right? So it's like this balance between finding the people that you want for your content, finding the right amount of them, and finding the best
1: and what you're looking for, right? Well, that... So Uh, this is going to sound weird coming from me. It's... I promise you that I'm not talking about me here, okay? Mm -hmm. I feel like Valve does make enough money through the Battle Pass. They can fly all the talent that have done stuff throughout the entire year to Mm -hmm. TI, even if it's in China, and they wouldn't even notice the money. That's I think that's a really good gesture that they could do. Like, for me... Like, obviously if it's in seattle it's not like a big expense for expense for me mm-hmm. anyway for china i didn't do anything this year for dota so i wasn't expecting invited I i wouldn't be expected in that capacity anyway but i think in general that would be a really good gesture that uh but then all the people appreciate. that you fly in they wouldn't all work because there's not
0: that many games right or no
1: you, you don't work you're just there. Yeah,
0: they're they're just there. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's sure, a gesture to, to bring, bring gesture. them to the tournament. I mean, but that's a, that's a different talk, though, right? Because we're talking about who people want to see on camera here, right? Like mm-hmm. th- this is like a side point. That sure you could you know you could do this as a gesture as a token of thanks to the community, right? Like for example, how at the in the past the Valve majors and TIs generally some of the really hardcore beta testers uh, are at the events and. Right. Uh, They're flown out for a couple of reasons, I think. One of them is for, you know, uh, as a way of saying thank you for putting in all the work and the time you do for our game. We want to treat you to this cool experience, being a TI. The other one is it's a super good way for them to gather input from players uh, because they're right there, right? They get to talk Mm -hmm. to the pros in the heat of the moment when they're playing these games, what they feel about the patch, what they feel about Dota in general, what they want to see. So it's like a bit of both, right? It's just a really good move uh, in that regard. But yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about Moxie now. You know, Lizard, he's a He's a bit different because he's, you know, not the same role. He's an analyst who also does paneling. Uh, and again, it's just, you know, like whatever role it is, I don't feel like there's a role that we have right now that is underrepresented at TI where we're like, wow, we don't have enough analysts. Why isn't this guy here? Um, but it's it's been a clear pattern for Valve these last couple of years that they seem to be inviting a couple of new faces uh, that haven't had much camera experience. This year it's mm-hmm. Febby and and Gunner, right? And I don't know what the reasons are. for choosing these players over other players maybe they have watched their streams and feel like they are good camera personalities from that or the prior experience with having done interviews or content pieces whatever it is they have chosen those um and yeah you know you can you can definitely question like choosing someone like that over lizard right who has had a lot of camera experience this year but maybe it just doesn't fit what they're going for and maybe they want that representation of current pros which is a category he doesn't fall into, right? He's not a current Mm. pro, and Gunner and Febby are, and if they think they fit the bill, it adds some sort of... That adds a different level of authenticity to what they're saying, right? In a different way. Um, So, yeah. Hard to say, but... That was a classic Cinderin
1: explanation, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Thank you for that monologue, (laughs) Cinderin. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Easy for you to say when you get invited to every goddamn TI, Cinderin. All right? Sorry. You got invited as talent... Once you got eliminated as a fucking player, who? Well, when does that ever happen? Huh? Um, What's was that Ti two? Oh yeah, that was special. That was something <laughs> special. <laughs> that That's was true. very special. Yes, that was very special. You got knocked out. I think that was the year that we, uh, the story we discussed with Kebab. That was the same year. Yes, yes. when you got That's knocked out.
0: That's the only. That is that is the only <laughs> Ti that has happened though. It, they never did that again. I uh, know.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, they did it that year pretty which much.
0: was a bit controversial
1: in some ways, so yeah, but yeah, all right, so now we're gonna go on to t i nine predictions, and again, just to reiterate, I will for the first time ever on this podcast for the video people, they're gonna see my screen it's pretty much blank in terms of all the predictions we're gonna go through each one for the audio people okay. you just listen it's fine, it's no big deal, guys all right, so let's check it out. So the first section for TI9 predictions are the heroes. Yeah. So, so the way most, we're going to do this... Hey, go
0: ahead. The way we're going to do this, right, is that I tell you my pick and my reasoning, and you just select it. It's not a discussion where you disagree with me and choose something else, right?
1: No, what do you mean? Of course I'm going to disagree with you at times. <laughs> you said you were going to copy mine. For the most part, because you know more okay. than me. But if I, whore, no, but if I disagree honestly, with you...
0: on a, very I don't think level. my prediction scores have been that good overall, and exactly. over the years. Uh, yeah. But I will give you
1: my reasoning, and then you can choose something. Okay. okay. I, was so to, I have... just wanted to
0: make sure if I was just
1: going through them and you were I mean, just nodding. You and saying, really? Yeah, sure. okay. You really think I'm just going to agree with you? How long have you known me, Sindarin? Come
0: no, on. I wasn't. I didn't think you were necessarily going to agree. I thought maybe you were just going to be like, okay, Sindarin is doing his predictions. We're doing them on my screen, and that's it.
1: I mean, but I, I'll fully admit though, out of every year that we've done, like done TI predictions. I know least about this one than any other year because Mm -hmm. I've played so much (laughs) underlords and artifacts. How about
0: I'm going to preface when I say, when I give my prediction, I'm going to preface my confidence in my guess, okay? Okay. Like how strongly I feel about it. Okay. Okay. So you want to start? Yeah. Most picked hero. Most picked hero. I have chosen Crystal Maiden, which I am very uncertain about. This is super low chance of being right, and I don't know anything that would be a high chance of being right. What about Uh, the thing uh, that makes.
1: Okay, go ahead, please.
0: The thing that makes most picked heroes super difficult is that it you need to find that hero that is good, but not really good, because the really good heroes get banned. Yeah. So you need to like I you need to kind of get rid of those top ten, and then you need to find the one that is gonna make it through a lot that is still appealing enough for teams to build strategies around. And CM is like the kind of hero that could fit in this. I would guess she would be top ten most picked hero, but if she is the number one,
1: you know. She, she also has uh, the human and mage synergy, so she'd be really good in, true. This, in any lineup, yes. I think. Absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know how... Again, this is old information. I know she got nerfed mm-hmm. slightly, which might help her case for most picked is Death Prophet. Is she still up on that top-tier list? Uh, Death Prophet is a good hero, uh,
0: but most of the time the most picked hero that wins is a support just because they get picked first phase, right?
1: I see. Uh, okay.
0: A lot of the time when it will be a good DP game, yeah, it true. will get banned, right? So... Okay. Uh, I would that's what I will say with high confidence is that the most picked hero will be a support.
1: But if it's Maiden, I don't know. Well, this is say. this does not inspire much confidence, my friend. What about Chen? Is he, no. he got nerfed to the ground, didn't he? I put oh him wait, most I should fans. pick Lion. It, Chad is right. Lion yeah. is a piece of it's always fucking Lion. good the stupid stupid ass hero. <laughs> Lion
0: most picked hero. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So what about uh sorry, I this one feels very I, I'm not confident in your selection right now. Crystal Maiden I just mm-hmm. can't see okay. it. I can't see yep. her face. Pick another up. one then. What about Dark Willow? Is this still... Mm, not very... a bad guess. <clears throat>
0: she could fall in that range, too. But there's a chance that Dark Willow actually turns into a, the top, one of the top support bands. I think the hero is really good right now. All right. Now.
1: Grimstroke. Um, so I pick Grimstroke. Yeah, he could
0: also be there. Yeah, not okay. a bad guess. That's I don't want to pick C. Probably also a top 10. So Okay. Most okay. banned well,
1: hero. So this is kind of along the same lines, except even more powerful. Yes, and this is,
0: this is more likely to be right to the extent that, you know... If you think there's a hero that's really powerful in competitive Dota, this isn't about finding oh what is left. This is about okay what is the hero, uh, and hard to say. But my pick has been Chen. Um, okay, I can despite see. Despite all of the nerfs, I think in competitive Dota, some of his like some of his abilities and what he can do to lineups is something that. Either is super good, and a lot of teams are really good at playing with, so you don't want to face it, or you're a team that doesn't like Chen yourself, and you just don't like the gameplay he provides, so you just mm-hmm. ban it against everyone. It's right. like a solid blind ban. Uh, <clears throat> so I feel much safer about this, but again, it's super hard to be right about right. these. But I Chen know this definitely...
1: other hero got nerfed, but mm-hmm. Io, is that still in consideration, or is that I... kind of off the map right now? Because I feel like don't Io is every single is year is on this top tier list, you know? Uh,
0: I don't think it will be IO this year. Its laning has been hit really hard. Um, And it's still going to play a role. But it could be.
1: Hero with the highest win rate minimum of five games played. These are... I really hate these because it feels super RNG. There's going to be like one hero that has actual (laughs) five games played. That's four and one, right? That's how it goes a lot of the time. Uh,
0: Generally, my go-to for these categories with minimum five games played is what kind of cheese picks have the ability to win games on their own when picked correctly so heroes like brood that type Um, i think there will be bad brood picks that will lose or like okay brood picks that don't
1: brood will be picked a consistent amount though still right unless yeah that's the other
0: thing it's also like how many times does the hero get picked where it's good but not insane so that it's more likely to lose uh so my pick in this category is meepo which is one of those like last pick heroes that just takes over games and largely, the teams that play them have a specialist like Liquid with Weeha and uh, NIP with Ace. You know, these players that have countless games on the hero. What about are They will identify with the perfect game. Uh, I think that is a hero that will be picked more, more consistently. Okay. Yes. I have okay. a feeling
1: about that. I'm fine with Meepo. So, yeah, that's uh, my Hero guess. with the highest kill average. So, these yeah. are funny because there's always these most damage in a game. Is that even on here, actually? Oh, maybe not. Uh, like highest assists, for example, which we'll get to. I feel like it's the same couple heroes every year. Uh, wait, what do you have for highest kill average? I think last year, I want to say it was PA, actually, like 30-something kills, if memory serves. Maybe this is a year prior. Uh,
0: so my hero highest kill average this time is Storm. Okay. Uh, and that's just, again, like what kind of hero will have representation, and when it gets picked, will it be good in those games? Uh, You could even take something like Meepo as a dark horse for this, but Meepo doesn't have a tendency of playing long games. It generally kind of snowballs the games, and even if it owns, the games will be, you know, maybe Meepo will have like eight kills or something and win the game. Storm Mm. often, when it's picked well, will dominate the game, get lots of kills, and still go slightly late game because the hero doesn't push. So he's kind of falls in that category pretty well, I think.
1: Okay. So keep in mind, this is highest kill average, right? Is there one for highest yeah. kills in a game as well, which yes, we'll get to later. That's later? I think so. So you think Storm will be maybe consistently. not kill yeah, there's, there's... Hmm. Okay. i less. I mean, i like the idea of this as a kills in a game period versus because like if Sumail gets his hands on this and he just goes crazy one game, as far as consistently the highest kill average, I don't know. That's tough. I'll go with your gut on this, buddy. I won't disagree with you. Okay. Hero with the highest assist average. (laughs) Minimum five games played. Okay. There's no way
0: you pick the same one as I do. So
1: I'll let you pick first. I'll tell you what I picked. Easy. Okay. Every fucking year, Spectre or Zeus. I chose Spirit Breaker. Nope. I'm not doing that shit. Um, Nope. And
0: again, this for me is super low confidence. But I think, I feel like this is really hard to select because, yes, Spectre in theory gets a lot of assists, but Spectre is also a lot of the time on the receiving end of a a game that just gets a stomp, becomes a stomp because your laning is weak. So even if you have a hero that has the potential to get a lot of assists, sometimes Spectre lineups get 10 total kills in a game. Zeus is more consistent. Zeus is more consistent and a better choice, in my opinion. The reason I chose Spirit Breaker is that he kind of encourages aggressive play with a lot of kill trading. And whether he wins or loses, he seems to be pretty involved, right? Like spirit breaker games are active, and there's going to be like you know no, I shit going on around the map. So no, I, I don't disagree reason, with you that he's going to
1: get conflict. a lot of assists, but it, it feels like Zeus and Spectre are just these heroes that you don't have to do anything to get assists. Really, mm-hmm. you know, you just pop your ult blue. Yeah, lit. I mean, it's fair enough. I this feels like this is one it. of the ones I I kind of I did a bit of a
0: curveball on this one. To be honest, this is one of the ones where I felt like I will choose something different, and it would be cool if I'm right.
1: But this okay. is not like this is all right. It so is the next unusual, the next episode, by the way, guys, which will be after Ti, we will compare points because it oh, will yeah, be similar. Great. But yeah. dude, if I beat there will you, be differences. if I beat yeah. you, I swear.
0: Okay, honestly, I wouldn't even be embarrassed. Like I am not. I don't have a particularly <laughs> good track record of this. I think and it's super zero hard, with so. the lowest death average. Yeah, uh, I picked Meepo again. Same hmm. logic. Huh. Okay. As before. It will be picked in games where it's really good and it will be executed very well and it will die very little in these games and win. Uh, but that one is also tough because there are some heroes that inherently don't die so much in games, win or lose. Like escape heroes or uh, heroes that are not very Arc
1: active. on the map. Warden? Arc Warden is a possible choice. Uh, but Medusa? I don't know how often yeah. she's picked anymore but she's always one that rarely Medusa's dies. Medusa's pretty bad
0: right now. A lot of games at least.
1: Okay. Yeah, hard to
0: say. Arc Warden
1: is, you know, definitely
0: a, a potential choice, but again, it's it's my expectation that the hero will be picked a bit higher, so maybe it will be picked uh in the second phase in some games, and then it will get countered and right. die a lot in the game. Whereas Meepo, nobody's gonna pick Meepo before the eighteenth overall pick, like the eighth or the eighth overall pick of the draft. I really don't think. So
1: Okay. You can miss me. I'll go with Meepo.
0: There are a lot, like, honorable mentions for me are probably heroes like uh, Morphling, who has Ooh, a tendency Morphling. to die pretty little. Mm. Uh, but he's in gonna a get picked games, a lot, right? That maybe. Really... Hard to say. Uh, Anti-Mage sometimes has low death games, win or lose. He farms a lot, and then either he wins or loses, minute 30. Hmm. Uh, True. But yeah, hard to say,
1: really. All right. I like your logic on me, but I'll stick with that. Hero yeah. with the highest last hit average. So Medusa, Anti-Mage what else is there i picked uh, naga siren okay naga and i
0: I picked naga because antimage was definitely in consideration he gets a lot of farm but again it's about do you think the game will be long or not and naga has a better track record of generating longer games for herself win or lose if naga is winning she still farms a lot before she wins the game and if she's losing she's good at delaying the game and you know, finding, especially with the new Naga build that everybody goes, where you go Manta first item, it ramps up your farm super fast because you start split-pushing multiple lanes at that time. Now, um, so, I think she's I, a pretty solid choice.
1: I'm actually... Hmm.
0: <clears throat> this could be an Arc Warden pick for you,
1: if you like that as a choice. I was thinking of Arc Warden. Um, eh, I do like Naga. Not as a hero, of course, as hmm. a pick. Um, it does make sense. Alright. I hate agreeing with you, but I'll probably agree okay. with like 50% of what you're saying. Hero with the highest XP... I mean, isn't this just Meepo? Yes. Average XP? Okay, that's yeah. an easy one. Next, hero with most kills a like- in a game. This yeah. one can be all over the place. I'm definitely... Dis- I'm mm-hmm. not going to pick what you're picking just to be okay. contrarian. Yep. Go ahead and pick I picked one. Storm. Um, again... It's about, like, do you
0: have a hero that will snowball in a game and have an outstanding performance? Last year, it was a record. Sumail got 31 kills on Tiny in a game and lost. Uh, that right. was one of the really important games of EG against OG at the main stage. And I could not believe they lost that game. But mm-hmm. they did. So,
1: Oh, God, this is hard. This is really hard. That's what she said. But, um, oh, man. The- these are, like... You know, I want to pick PA just even though just because it won the other year, but it's not going to win again. Right. What about does TA? How active is TA in these games? She gets um, like 20 some kills she, occasionally, right? It can happen. TA is a good candidate. She generally farms
0: for like 15 to 20 minutes and then she is very strong and, and she blows a, up. She's an assassin, right?
1: She kills heroes. Templar um, assassin. I might go for that then. I wouldn't be mad at that. That's an OK guess. Thank you, Cinder. Okay, let's go with TA on this guy. All right, and last mm-hmm. one for the heroes: hero with the most last hits in a game. Alchemist, Naga. I
0: chose Arc Warden for this category because ah, yes. he is an absolute fucking monster at stalling out games. And when you think about this, if you want to place a hero who has the longest game, you need to think about what team is likely to have long games where they pick this hero, like historically, playstyle wise. Mm-hmm. And I, I have this feeling that there's going to be a really long EG game with Arteezy playing Arc. I could totally see it against either one of the middle of the pack teams or one of the absolute top teams, and they will get into this marathon with Arc. Arteezy has been in that situation multiple times, and I could totally see it happening this year. So
1: Okay. I'm gonna disagree choice. and say Naga. Yep. Also a good guess. Okay. Teams. I've already selected which team will win. Who do you mm-hmm. think will win? I think we've discussed Michi this on the Gaming. podcast. Okay, I will disagree with you and say secret. Okay, Although so first
0: I, two-time winner in puppy. Yes,
1: I think so. I don't. I just he have would be the only one, right? Yes, he would. Yeah, uh, uh, I know most
0: people agree with you. Like every prediction I've seen about like poll or whatever, secret is the favorite of the community.
1: Well, it's um, very Western biased, though, right?
0: Sure. My prediction, my bold prediction, is that Ti or uh, that secret will not make top three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you should call that a bold prediction. I, don't I know wouldn't call that, that is, bold. I feel like every year there's always the field, a lot of fluctuation. The field is really tight, but I would say secret, not top three. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, if they do, I won't be super surprised. It's just I. So basically, I you're making
1: a prediction that doesn't matter because if you're wrong, it's like <laughs> oh, I mean, I said they could get top three, and if you're right, like hey, I I said they wouldn't get top three. You can't do it both ways, Cinderin. All right, Vici okay. Gaming, that's your pick. Team yeah. with the most kills in a game. So these ones I always struggle with. Who's the most yeah. active team here? I picked Virtus Pro. Uh, okay, that makes it's, sense. It's not yeah. only
0: about who's the most active team. It's about who gets into a long game that has mm-hmm. a lot of kills. True. So it's also a team that has maybe some of those games where they fail to close it out and then somehow it gets really close when it shouldn't. Um But they are still super skilled, so even when they fuck up, they can still recover. And VP kind of checks those boxes for me. They have games
1: like that. Um, So yeah, I picked them for this. Okay, I will pick VP as well. Team with highest kill average could be VP again? I selected
0: Evil Geniuses um, because, again, play style. VP have games that go long, like we just talked about. Uh, but they also have stomps, like complete stomps, where they either trash their opponent in 15 minutes True. or where their strategy just falls apart. And they are a team that are not scared of GGing out early. If they feel like we failed our game plan, it didn't work the way we wanted it to, they are the top team in the world, I think, that is the quickest on the GG button, like just calling it
1: and going next game. That's a good um, so, point. Yeah. So for so averages, think, they're probably not the best. Yeah,
0: EG is a good pick for me because they have a tendency of playing pretty long games and they're really good at the long game too. Another team that's really good at the long game is Secret, but I just feel like their execution in a lot of games is just sharper, so they will be shorter and have less kills.
1: Okay. Um, That's my logic for Secret, for EG here. I'm going to go Secret. Mm -hmm. Just to be contrarian. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said, though. Team with fewest deaths in a game. Okay, so this is one of those big stompy stomp games where Mm -hmm. people GG out early. What do you have? Uh, I pick Secret.
0: My other candidates, if you don't pick Secret for the perfect game, would be OG. They have some amazing push strats that work sometimes, where they just clean up very quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and teams like NIP are actually also have these like standout games where PPD's draft is amazing. they
1: get a last pygmy and they just stomp their opponents. So let's go. But OG. I chose Secret for this. I'm not yep. going to pick Secret for every goddamn category, so I have to disagree. <laughs> Team with okay. the most assists in a game. So this yep. is a, a longer game. Most likely, pick EG.
0: I don't need to explain that, I guess.
1: Okay, uh, I'm gonna pick a, a random team. Let's see. How about TNC? Is that a good candidate? Okay, I think that's a good candidate.
0: To be honest, all right, let's do it. That's an interesting. They play a logo. lot like a team, and they play pretty long games sometimes. So
1: definitely a, a good bet. Team that wins the longest game, man. If only Envy was in this tournament, this would be <laughs> the easiest goddamn choice. I picked hmm. EG again. You can't pick the same team over and over, Cinder. I've picked them for three in this.
0: This is the last time I pick EG
1: in the whole thing. I mean. Okay, I'm picking Vici Gaming. Or, well, Just literal okay. RNG at this point. Okay. I team, mean, totally yes. plausible. Team that wins the shortest game. So, is this VP? Yeah.
0: You would think that I would take or the OG. same team that has the team with fewest deaths in the game, right? That I mm-hmm. would take Secret again and just be like, this is the game. But I actually picked OG. I think okay. they will have the shortest game, but I think the execution will not be super sharp. They're very good at like you know pushing super hard and then dying a little bit for their objectives. So they will have deaths, but they will win fast.
1: That looks All right, bad I'm this. fine with OG. I'll take that as well. Yeah. Team with the highest game length average. Who draws out their games?
0: I picked Alliance um, because I think they're definitely competitive with these top teams. They can they can drag the games out. And even against the mediocre opponents of this tournament, I think Alliance will struggle to close games, where maybe a team like EG, who we say are good at long games, will be better at closing than Alliance. So I picked them in this.
1: I'm going to pick Royal Never Give Up. Because I remember casting them, and holy shit, their games went forever. They were long. Yeah. Team that picks the most different heroes. Okay, so this is... (coughs) Excuse me don't want to pick a team that's going to be bottom eight you definitely want a top four team probably yeah who do you have
0: uh i picked lgd for this they have really big hero pools on their supports and their chorus like they play all sorts of stuff so
1: yeah i ah man that's a really good choice actually i was going to go liquid um
0: yeah also a good guess
1: i think because Although, Although Weha has a maybe
0: a smaller pool. Maybe was. slight concern on Weha's part but you know yeah. they have a time to practice so.
1: Yeah, so. I'm going to go with, I think they have maybe some pocket strats with Weha involved. All right, and the last one for teams is team that picks the fewest different heroes minimum 10 games played. So this is a, so, a team that you think is going to go bottom for. And this is interpretation. I was talking,
0: I did these predictions on stream and I had to ask my chat and I was like, people didn't know. Like, what does minimum 10 games play? Does this mean individual games or does it mean series? Because if it means individual games, it's, it's like, why is the text even there? Yeah. Because every team will be playing True. eight best of twos in the groups. It right?
1: should be individual games.
0: If it is individual games, this is just a remnant from previous years and they haven't updated the text, which yes. is like, <laughs> why is it even there? So I'm yeah, going to yeah. assume that they mean individual games and not <coughs> matches, and if they mean individual games, I picked Infamous because I think they will get last yeah. in their group, and I think they don't have the depth
1: as other teams that could place last. I would love to be wrong on this, but I, I agree with you. South America not, not super strong right now. Okay, moving on to players. Player with the highest kill average. Mm. Oh, God. These preface
0: is so hard <laughs> to hit these yes, like it is. i am mega uncertain about every single one so like so i don't know what in doubt go I give myself as being right
1: that's what i'm picking
0: <laughs> i picked mid one for highest kill average. yeah that's fair enough uh, player that plays for a top team that is integral to their playstyle that gets them their objectives and takes their fights so
1: yeah is my pick these are this could be super so rng yeah Player with the most kills in a game. Another huge RNG factor
0: here. So I chose the most kills in a game to be Storm Spirit. So I selected Storm Spirit player and I picked maybe from LGD. Oh, okay. I'll pick
1: some male. He's going to yep. go off. Which
0: hero did you choose? TA, right? For most kills in a game?
1: Yes. Some male TAs. Classic. Absolutely. TA. Uh, player yeah. with the lowest death average.
0: This one you can be a little more confident on because now you can think about playstyle. Uh, mm-hmm. And I picked Nisha from Secret because uh, they play a lot around him being very uh, farm-oriented, playing a lot on his own, uh, giving him space as four, and mm-hmm. then grouping up when he is strong and his, his timing in the game. Um, and if they succeed in executing their game plan, Nisha will have very low death games overall compared to other okay. characters.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Other good choices Leicester that I was down. considering, I think
0: it was Ramsey's um, and Paparazzi, I think I was considering.
1: Paparazzi. Um, mm-hmm. All right, I'll go with Nisha. Yeah. Fine. We'll agree on that cool. one. Player with the highest mm-hmm. assist average.
0: So average. So now again, we want a team that doesn't stomp. We want a team that's competitive and plays long games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I picked Tim's from TNC. He's oh, very involved in their yeah. moves and he's yeah, super active player that gets a lot of stuff done.
1: Um oh dear. What positions does Dubu play right now? Uh Dubu is not playing, right? For Fanatic?
0: Am I missing something here? Oh yeah, they swapped him in or something, right? True, yeah. They got they just got Dubu. He wasn't playing in the season, but he's playing now. True. Yeah.
1: I think he plays mm. five. He must be playing five, right? Oh, God. these are so hard. Um, God, I don't want to pick Seeker for everything, even though I think they're going to win. You know, I'm going to fucking do it. Yapsor, is that a decent <laughs> choice? Dude, Yapsor Highest and Zyre are like my two f- favorite players. So it's hard I, to... Or two of my favorite I, with Weeha.
0: The reason I don't like Yapsor for most assist average is that he is a bit more greedy on the support side and takes farming space. That's true. And what about Roger? He's still super Roger's good active, at fighting. Right? Roger's a good choice. Absolutely. Yeah, let's
1: go Roger. Player with the most assists in a game. In a game, I picked Yapzor (laughs) for one
0: game because I think there is a chance he pulls out the support Zeus. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: And he will get most assists but not most kills and he will not be the highest assist average
1: hero in the tournament. But Yapzor is going to have that one game. Okay. I'm going to go with GH just for fun. Player with the highest last hit average. (laughs) Arteezy?
0: Yep. I chose Arteezy. Okay. E. G will play
1: long games and he
0: will play the farming heroes a lot of the time. His hero pool is very uh they play a lot around him hitting creeps. So I think that's mm-hmm. a good guess. You could Player... also take someone like Nisha in this category, but you might think secret win games too fast. You want yeah. again. E. G
1: has players. a you know reputation for just extending when they don't need to, right? They just can't quite they play finish. they play relatively long games a lot of the time. Player with the most last hits in a game. Is that also Arteezy for you? I picked him because I picked the most last hits
0: in a game to be Arc Warden.
1: Oh, yeah. What did I pick for Heroes?
0: Naga, I think. You picked most last hits, so it's uh, Naga. That okay. could also be Arteezy. That's a totally yeah. good choice
1: for him. Hmm. It feels like a cop-out to to do that again. Does Ramses is more active, right? On the... Hmm vp generally don't play mega long games yeah. it has
0: happened though they had a super long game at ti7 they had the what about anna there.
1: do you think Anna's a decent choice mm, for, for one, one game, game he just goes off yeah he's had Absolutely. those games it could, be. it could be that's let's try it out player with the most gpm in the game all right i'm gonna go out on a limb here mm-hmm. i'm gonna say mine first wait where are they Did yep. i miss it uh just because i know even though this hero probably isn't going to be played what the fuck am i blind Where's Liquid? I'm literally blind right now. They're fourth team from the top. Okay, got him. Weha is my GPM. And what hero? Alchemist. <laughs> okay.
0: It's probably not yeah. going to happen, but... I picked uh, uh, I picked maybe to have an outstanding game on Alchemist. That will maybe. be the top okay. GPM hero of the tournament, yeah. yeah he plays no, it that's... for LGD. There was a couple of options, but...
1: I don't know if Weha has played awkward. it for... Liquid at all, but I know that he loves this hero and he, like he's a you guy. You will see Alk at TI. I guarantee it. You will see. Alk. So this is the thing about Weihao, which is hilarious. You know how players don't really care about. I mean, they care about stats to a degree, but not like this. Mm-hmm. Weha playing alchemist, we're owning a game in an official match, and he's thinking he's close, like in his mind, to getting the record for most mm-hmm. GPM in a game. So at the end of the game like the throne is going down we're winning and he's farming in the jungle stacking camps and all that shit just to get his gpm <laughs> up. So I'm I'm banking on this happening again for yeah, Weha. That's All that right. Player with the highest gpm average. So I chose paparazzi
0: for this. You okay. want a team that consistently plays very well in their games and doesn't steamroll them too fast. Mm-hmm. And Paparazzi is the kind of player who is given a lot of farm priority in Vichy Gaming's playstyle, uh, And they generally don't aim to win their games minute 20. They generally play around Paparazzi getting big and then going for the win after 30, 35, 40 minutes. Um, he's been super solid the last couple of months. So I have faith in Paparazzi to do really well on home turf
1: as well. Okay. So I will agree with choice. you on this. I like Paparazzi. Player that plays the most different heroes. Now the person in this so, entire there are two pool interpretations that has played here. the most different heroes in general is Kuroki, but he's you know that's over multiple there years. There are two in interpretations
0: positions. here, Shannon. Okay, let's think. What's the okay. right interpretation? Is it who plays the biggest variety of heroes, or is it the player that plays two heroes that are the most different to each other in the hero pool? Those no, would be the player not. that plays Why? the most different heroes. They are the most different heroes.
1: You're taking it too literally. <laughs> You're just saying just you're basically job, saying the wording of course, is horrible. It's not that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a bad joke. Don't get, don't think about it too much. And you're making me really angry with your bad jokes. Okay. okay.
0: Okay. I uh I selected Zai for this. He has a very big variety of heroes, and, and I think really Secret good will pick. go yeah. relatively deep. And he plays all sorts of stuff for this team and is very jack of all trades, off lane player.
1: Yeah. I mean I did say he's one of my favorite players, so I will agree with you on this one. Okay, and last section, tournament. Total number of games played at the main event. I mean, this, I don't have the brackets on hand, so I I don't know. If you open
0: it up, there's four categories. The minimum potential number of games is 41, and the maximum potential number of games is 60. The shocking. 60 60 is if every best of three series is three games, and the finals is best of five. So five games there. Which means if you, on average, think about the number of best of threes and you say they go two and a half games, which is not likely, they will likely be less than two and a half because, yeah. you know, there will be matchups that are very one team favored and you consider the finals could go four games or three games. I went for 45 to 49 because I think there will be quite a few 2 0s and that will pull this okay. down.
1: So. I'm going 50 to 54. Get okay. wrecked. I Total number last... of. Yes.
0: I think the last year it was 45 to 49, and maybe the year before as well. It's, but I'm yeah, not 100% it's, sure.
1: It's rarely either extreme. It's always one of the other, like the middle yeah. two. It's super unlikely it's either extreme. Like really, yeah. really unlikely. Total number of heroes picked? I Okay.
0: Easy 101+. plus.
1: Yeah, that's what I picked as well. We okay.
0: have 117 heroes in Dota now. The numbers are the same as they've been for previous years for these prediction categories, but there's just more heroes. So yeah. Agreed.
1: I'm very confident in this one. Total number of heroes banned. Now, this one's interesting.
0: Uh, I chose 91 to 100. I don't think that will be over 101 heroes banned, but I could. it could happen. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of heroes in Dota right now that will not get banned a single time, but will be picked a single time.
1: All right, so. we should also, for this for this section, for the audio listeners, we should say what extreme this is. So I'm agreeing with you, yeah. 91 to 100. This is the second highest option you can select. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the total numbers of heroes picked, we chose the highest, which is 101+. And then, like we talked about, there's only four choices for the number of games. Cinderin picked the second lowest. I picked the second highest. Second highest. Yep. Okay. Most combined total kills in a game. This is going to be These a long-ass are... one. It's going to be triple digits easily, right? Uh, I actually chose 91 to
0: 100 this okay. year. Yeah, it's going to be around there. Um, Which is a super long game with a lot of kills. That is so many kills. It's like a score of 45 to 50, right? Between Mm -hmm. the teams.
1: That is a lot of kills. Okay, I'm going to go to the even more extreme. That's the fourth highest option out of, uh, is it nine? I'm going to go the third highest, 101 to 110. There's going to be one crazy game. Mm -hmm. Super crazy game with Aegises, with Ag Scepters, all that stuff. Longest, yeah. which leads us to the longest game of the tournament, oh, I don't know about hundred plus minutes <laughs> I took uh eighty to ninety minutes for my guess okay i'm gonna be i'm gonna go against my logic of the previous one. that's the third highest that you picked. I will pick the fourth mm-hmm. highest just to be different seventy to seventy seventy to eighty essentially okay, uh, okay. shortest game of the tournament, so this
0: we it's one of two options the- I feel like here. Yeah, the way they do this is about (coughs) when the GG is called, not about when, you know, they count games where a team forfeits um, during the game, not about the throne being specifically destroyed. So I chose 15 to 20 minutes, and I think it could be either a team that is likely to be involved in this game is VP, who will either be on the stomping side or on the side that just fucked up and didn't execute the strategy the way they wanted
1: to. And like I said,
0: they're not afraid of GGing out in a game that just failed. So 15 to 20 for me.
1: I agree with that. That is the third lowest option. It's basically uh, in the mi- close to the middle there. Most yeah. kills by a hero in a game. So your hero was Storm. Mine was storm. TA. Versus TA. I chose 23 to 25.
0: Last year it was 31, which yes. is insane. Yeah. Very unlikely to happen again. But it could be 26 plus is the highest. And I chose the second highest category.
1: I'm going 26 plus. Let's do it, boys. Mm-hmm. Most okay. deaths by a hero in a game. This is the... Uh, the milk award, essentially. Yeah. Well, so I took, not again, one. I took the second highest. I
0: took 18 to 20 mm-hmm. uh, okay. in that marathon game. That's going to be a very sad five that dies a lot.
1: Um, I'm going to go 15 to 17. More distributed. Okay. So that's third, uh, highest. third highest. Okay, most mm-hmm. assists by a hero in a game. So this is a Spectre or Zeus extravaganza. Wait,
0: who did you pick I again? I chose for most assists in a game i chose Yapsor because i think you will have a zeus game right uh and assist average i took spirit breaker but that doesn't matter for this This is a single game i chose 36 plus and it's going to be in a long game somebody's going to get this in the
1: 100 kill game that i chose 36 plus okay yeah Yeah. i agree with that i feel like there's almost always a 36 plus that's the highest option and then last one highest gpm by a hero in a game which we both think is alchemist uh i should be easily a thousand plus, which is the top choice, right? Yeah, I chose a thousand plus. It's down it's one of the top two
0: categories. It's either a thousand plus or it's nine hundred to nine ninety nine, and it depends how good Alchemist's game is. There are heroes that can technically get these GPM ranges as well that are not ALK, especially the nine hundred plus one is possible for other heroes, but mm-hmm. it will happen. Non Alk will do this in one or two games in the tournament, and ALK will do it in five plus on his own. Um, so good chance he will get one K plus on that hero.
1: Okay, and that does yeah. it for our Ti Nine predictions. Uh, yep. Of course, stay tuned for the points that will be awarded. What who? What does the winner get, and the loser have to do, Cinderin?
0: <laughs> we have to think of something I on the spot right them. now.
1: Yeah, you got to think about it. We need to. How about letting
0: bet. let the let the commenters come up with something really good, and then you choose that one.
1: How yeah, about but that? the problem is we let can. Let the comments decide. Uh, the problem by doing that is then we don't have to decide on the spot, and then somebody can back out, which will likely be me because I'm probably going to lose this. I don't know. I feel I don't feel like I'm favored. I'll be honest. I feel like it's like 50-50. 50-50 shaved okay we're not doing anything crazy guys we're not shaving our head how about we shave our <laughs> pubes cinderin Does that sound okay to you i mean he'll do that anyway right so uh, sure you, do you? but not on camera oh. interesting I, I go uh i go hardcore jungle mode personally that's okay. just cuz i'm lazy so no, you've that's... never shaved i trim well okay. Well, then like, when i say shave thing. i mean like a baby's butt like it's like you're a swimmer you shave everything okay <laughs> <You're a swimmer. laughs> Like I okay. I'm not into that. That like you have to go get waxed essentially. You gotta get your taint uh, waxed. Okay. That sounds like it'll hurt a lot. Um well but again.
0: i okay. I guess that that's a very lame <laughs> one. That people don't even get to see it. It would be fun if it's something on the show. <laughs> I mean, they like, could see it if no, we want <laughs> that it. is not part of the pe- <laughs> let, let people come up with something. I'm sure we'll get a All really good right, Something
1: that's uh, you know, moderate, like no cosplay stuff. Something that's and easy something to that do. Something
0: that can be on the cam or whatever, you know. Or something that we have to do or yeah. You know, sure.
1: Like I cool. could eat something I really hate on stream. That could be a good one. Oh, that's good. Like that's I good. absolutely hate raw tomatoes. I'll take a bite I out of a hate, raw tomato.
0: Okay. You know, this is perfect. The loser has to eat something they really dislike
1: on, on stream. I love okay. that. Okay. And what's or on the recording? What's your choice? You have to come up with a now. Uh, I don't what know what do you hate I
0: Cooked. Cooked broccoli is very bad. What? Or what's it How? called? Brussels, like Brussels sprouts. Brussels? Cooked Brussels sprouts. Really? Yeah.
1: Not good either. Yeah. Broccoli wow. is bad. I guess I'm weird uh, uncooked, too. Cause... Uncooked
0: broccoli. When broccoli is like uh, crisp, when it's not cooked, broccoli or cauliflower is fine. The more you cook them, the less I like them. I really don't like cooked cauliflower and
1: wow. and uh, broccoli. Interesting. That's your least favorite food in the entire world. It's I mean, it's one. I don't know. It's uh, definitely
0: one of them. It's one that came to mind. Brussels sprouts for sure as well. If they're like just cooked. Also,
1: the smell of cooked Brussels sprouts is just not very nice. Okay. Wow. All right. So, we have it. Brussels sprouts for you if you lose. Oh, and dear. for me, a raw tomato, oh, which I find absolutely Dude, that fucking That is so disgusting. much more
0: vanilla. You get to eat a
1: tomato. Dude, (laughs) I I don't think you understand how much I hate raw tomatoes. Okay, fair enough. That's the first thing that popped. I mean, I could mushrooms are on the list as well. I don't know. Like the thing about mushrooms is they don't necessarily taste that bad. They just the texture makes me weirded out. I really don't like the texture. But tomatoes is just like everything that tomatoes comes in when it's not cooked. I have to take off every single time. It's repulsive to me for whatever reason. Okay. So. Fair enough. I'm not copping out here. That's right. legitimate. I will almost vomit on stream if I have to do that. So. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's what we want to see. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Spon- <laughs> Sponsored <laughs> by Fractal Design. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of uh, kills our future sponsorship for any like <laughs> produce that really focuses on tomatoes. But, you know, I'll take the risks where we can. Um, all right. So uh, have you watched In Bruges by any chance? Uh, no, I have not watched it yet. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Uh, All right. So that does it for this TI9 special episode, guys. Thanks for joining us as always. It's going to be a couple weeks until the next episode, so stay tuned um, for that. Cinder, and have fun at TI, buddy, without me. Thank you. Okay? Yeah, I wish you were there. I really wish you were there. Me too. Not really. I don't want to go to China, but I appreciate the offer, friend. All right. Later, guys. Till next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. We say things that don't mean anything but thanks for listening